Tiki Hut Media. Pop the top on your favorite beer or whatever you drink from Tiki Hut Media. This is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hey there, I've got my Miller High Life. Yeah, I'm living the high life today. I got it popped open and I'm ready to start the fourth year of Soul Ramblings podcast. And we're coming to you from our new studios in Tennessee. Got a new theme song, got all kinds of new stuff going on. And we have made the move from Florida to Tennessee, and we're talking about faith and life over a cold beer or whatever you drink. Today, we're going to be talking about and how we share Jesus without being a jerk. Plus, I've got a guilty pleasure that I want to tell you about. Beth and I are native Tennesseans, and years ago, we had a dream of one day living in Florida, particularly close to the beach, because that, in all honesty, is our happy place. And after years of planning, we got intentional and focused and saved like crazy for a few years. And in April of 2013, we made the move to Florida. No jobs lined up. It was a big leap of faith for us. And now, over 10 years later, for various reasons, most importantly, to be closer to our family, we're embarking on a new journey. We've moved back to our home state of Tennessee from Florida. As Beth said on her Facebook feed, Our decade vacation is over, and we're heading back to Tennessee to be near family. Over the past year, the focus of Soul Ramblings has been on featuring sermons that I have preached while I was serving as a lay minister at a church in Florida. Beginning with today's episode, though, Soul Ramblings podcast will be recorded and produced at our new studio here in Tennessee, and we will turn our focus back to talking about faith and life over a cold beer each week. Also, The Soul Ramblings blog has made a move as well to Substack from WordPress, and I encourage you to subscribe to the blog to receive blog posts and a new podcast episode each week in your inbox. You can subscribe for free, or if you're so inclined, you can subscribe with a monthly gift of just $5. Soul Ramblings podcast is supported by generous readers and listeners like you. We have no grants, no ads, no institutional backers, no list selling behind Soul Ramblings podcast. During these economic times, listen, I I know paying for every podcast or blog you subscribe to is not in the cards for everyone, and I certainly can't afford to pay for everyone that I love to read and listen to. However, if you can afford it, would you please consider a paid subscription to help keep us going? I would really appreciate it. It's only $5 a month, like I said, or $50 a year. If you can't afford it, no explanations required, no worries, no judgment, just sign up for free. Head over to our Substack page, got the link in the show notes of this episode, and sign up for a paid or free subscription. Either way, subscribe, grab a beer, come on in, all are welcome, and I want to thank you for being here. As we made this move from Florida back to Tennessee, Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 12, 18 reminded me, God has placed the parts in the body, each one of them, just as he wanted them to be. There have been many times at the beach when we lived in Florida where I watched a sunrise or, and while I was doing that, listening to the waves of the Gulf of Mexico, and I was overwhelmed. And I thought, man, God is amazing. 
and I thought about how different the coast is from the landscape of rural West Tennessee. And then I realized, in one part of the country, the ocean displays the glorious and awesome power of God, and in another, the agricultural landscape serves the same purpose. God also sets us in different places, the place that will best display God's power and glory. Sometimes I've compared my life to others thinking, surely I should be further along than this. Surely I should have discovered some gift or talent in myself by now. But when I compare my life to someone else's, I miss the beauty God wants to display through me. We all have different purposes, and no purpose is better than another, just different. Farmland and the ocean are equally beautiful and both display God's glory. So it is with us. We each have our own beauty, gifts, and talents, all meant to bring glory to God. Back in August, while we were still in Florida, I finished binging the new season of a show that has become a guilty pleasure for me. And admitting that I like this particular show is probably going to get my man card suspended or revoked. But I gotta say, I really enjoyed the Netflix series, Sweet Magnolias. It's based on the book series by Cheryl Woods. The show is set in a South Carolina town named Serenity. The residents are all upstanding citizens dedicated to making things better for their town, but getting entangled in the drama that springs from their rather simple lives. This is what makes Sweet Magnolias an effortless watch, especially because we're not living in simple times. To be honest, Sweet Magnolias is just an average show. It's ordinary. It's so ordinary that it could have easily crossed over to being too mundane to watch, but luckily it doesn't. Now, not to spoil anything, but the plot is pretty straightforward. It's predictable. It doesn't have any risk associated with it, neither any thrill or excitement. It's borderline cheesy and everything that you already have seen before. Sweet Magnolias is the kind of show that exists in the bubble of a small town. It's beautiful people and their everyday problems. The most scandalous thing to happen in the town is an affair, and the only teenage problem you'll find here is complicated love triangles. To its credit, the show doesn't establish a particular character as a villain or a heel, as they're known. Every, everyone has their struggles in this town, and the conflict of interest doesn't necessarily make the other party the bad guy. Because everyone is good in the town of Serenity, it seems so picture-perfect that at times it can feel irritating, earning scoffs and eye-rolls every now and then. But all of this is what also makes it suitable for comfort binging, which is what I did. Its inviting colors and warm friendships make you feel all soft inside, providing a good distraction and escape from the real-world shit show on the news every day, which is why I find it to be my guilty pleasure. What makes it better is that this show never tries to reach beyond its boundaries. It knows its purpose is to make you feel good. It's aware of the bubble that it's in, and instead of trying to pop out of that bubble, it welcomes you inside its rainbow-tainted reality. I think we could use some time in Serenity these days, and I would recommend you give it a go if you haven't already. Have you watched Sweet Magnolias on Netflix? What did you think? What series is your guilty pleasure? Let me know. Send an email to soulramblingspodcast at gmail.com. 
soulramblingspodcast at gmail.com and put guilty pleasures in the subject line. By the way, you can get social and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. The links to the Soul Ramblings podcast social media pages are in the show notes. Also in August, while we were still in Florida on our summer break from the podcast, I tried something kind of newish one day. I didn't log on first thing in the morning. I got up, Beth fed the cat, fixed the coffee. I took my vitamins and generally stayed away from my phone in particular and computer. You know what happened that day? Absolutely nothing. And that's a good thing. I didn't lose my mind over a Facebook post that I read. I didn't read the comments on an article about another distracting dog whistle. And I confess that I did miss the reels about puppies and kittens and baby elephants. I do love those baby elephants. Still, it was a banner day, and staying offline in the morning meant I was less likely to be online later in the day, which was also a plus, as it turns out, because, oh, dopamine, how I do love thee. I just need to find find dopamine in other ways. No matter what distractions you face, when you know God's word, you can trust that it's true, even when you don't always feel like it is true. And here's what God's word says about you. God chose to create you. When God created the earth, he created us in his image. God created you with a unique plan in mind. Scripture tells us that God not only created us, but he has a plan for us and gives us hope and a future. Hey, God called you by name, and therefore you are his. Nothing can separate you from God's love. So how do we know if we are enough, if we are good enough, if we log off of social media and don't get into this game of comparing ourselves to one another? Well, we aren't good enough, not on our own at least, but that's the beauty of the good news of Jesus. God loves and values you so much that he sent Jesus so that even though on our own we aren't enough, Through Jesus, we are. When you doubt your worth, remember this. God knows you better than anyone because he created you. And who he says you are is enough. And that is way more satisfying than the dopamine. At any rate, that day back in August, it was a good day. After three years of Soul Ramblings podcast, I'm sure you know by now that this is a safe place where we pop open a cold beer and talk about faith and life. And I've discovered that people are a lot of times afraid to talk about faith, but we aren't, we don't shy away from it. We're not afraid here. Each week we have conversations on spirituality, faith, and everyday life. And listen, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination an expert evangelist. I mean, I cuss too much. I I say a lot of things that many would consider borderline blasphemy and throw shade. I throw shade just as quickly as the next person does. But I really do enjoy talking about Jesus with other people, especially if they don't consider themselves Christian or religious. It's been my experience. People are often very open to spiritual conversations as long as you don't lead with some kind of dense theology or moral judgment. 
That's part of the reason I also like to share a beer. And as the song says, sitting here drinking beer, talking God, amen. Which, by the way, you can hear on the Soul Ramblings podcast playlist on Spotify. Got a link to that in the show notes. So, what follows are my recommendations for having better conversations about faith without coming off like a jerk. The first thing is be fascinated with Jesus. I'm talking about the person, not the product. Even people who don't care for Christianity tend to think Jesus was a pretty cool dude. And honestly, how couldn't you? He's this rogue Jewish rabbi who stirred up a whole mess of trouble. He preached on nonviolence, enemy love, and serving the poor. He spent so much time with lowlifes at parties that some people smeared him as a drunkard. Jesus washed his followers' feet, spoke in complex parables, and violated the cultural norms left and right. He was short on answers, but big on flipping the question back around to you. Following a rigged trial orchestrated by some jealous religious leaders, he was murdered by the state, which was a big disappointment to his followers, who thought he was going to lead a military coup against the occupying Romans. But after his death, some of his disciples reported seeing him again, and this ignited an entirely new community of people marked by their love for one another and care for the marginalized. And in spite of intense persecution, it spread like wildfire. No doubt about it, Jesus was a badass, but you wouldn't get that impression listening to how some Christians talk about him. Our conversations tend to treat Jesus as a solution to a theological issue. He's a ticket to heaven, an answer to a spiritual formula, or a a blood sacrifice for our sins. And some of that may be true, but those type of things, instead of an invitation to fall in love with an actual historical figure, sharing the gospel becomes then like a sales pitch to use Jesus for our own benefit. I think this is why a lot of us are hesitant to bring up Jesus outside of church settings or social Christian social circles. This transactional view of the gospel turns us into salesmen trying to convince other people our religion is the best one on the market. In a prayer recorded in the Gospel of John, Jesus says this. He says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. In a letter to a church, the Apostle Paul wrote, For I resolve to know nothing except Jesus and him crucified. If you are not fascinated or intrigued by the person of Jesus, can you really expect anything different from someone else? You know, earlier I talked about the latest Netflix guilty pleasure show I've been binge watching, Sweet Magnolias. The reason I talked about it was that even though it is a guilty pleasure, I was excited about it. I want you to experience it alongside me. In the same way, Christians should be marked by their fascination with the life of Jesus, not just the theological concept of Jesus. But why would anyone want to join a religion that inspires so little interest in its own followers? The second thing in sharing Jesus without being a jerk is, watch your language, please. Many of us learn to speak Christian from Christians who spend a majority of their time with other Christians. And that means a lot of us struggle with talking about our faith with people who don't share our religious upbringings or beliefs. As America becomes more pluralistic and polarized, 
the gulf between secular and sacred language becomes wider and wider. Words that are familiar to some may be foreign to many, and when spoken from a defensive posture, they can be downright hostile. It can be tough to disassociate from those loud voices, but part of our problem is our over-reliance on what some have referred to as Christianese, or words and phrases that are commonly understood in Christian circles, but hold little to no meaning for religious outsiders. I mean, have you ever heard or ever considered how weird phrases like these, which I'm sure we've all heard, how these sound, washed by the blood, ask Jesus into your heart, or sanctified by the Holy Spirit. You see, those words don't really mean anything. They sound actually weird and foreign to people who aren't religious. We become so comfortable in our Christian bubbles that we toss around words like fellowship, fruit, called, convicted, missional, small group, quiet time, stumble, grace, prayer warrior, anointed, nations, spirit-filled, and burden with such reckless abandon that we don't really pause to consider how our lexicon, how our language may be alienating others. So how we talk about God becomes just as important as what we say about God. Christianese presents internal dangers as well. I once visited a church where a pastor ended the sermon by saying, if you run to the cross and lay down your life, Jesus will sustain you. And this earned a smattering of applause and amens from the congregation. But look at that statement again. Like, really look at it. You probably can't disagree with any part of it, but you probably can't tell me exactly what it means either, because I don't know what it means. If you run to the cross and lay down your life, Jesus will sustain you. And that's one of the problems with insider lingo. Words and phrases become so overused they lose their meaning and significance. It may sound profound, but a closer inspection reveals empty rhetoric. I mean, words are powerful. They can be used to confuse, divide, alienate, and oppress. But words can also be used and should be used to clarify, unite, welcome, and empower. Language can be a weapon or it can be a tool. Either option carries a lot of responsibility. And we really need to ask ourselves, how much of our language from our words to our tone is used to keep people who don't think, act, or talk like us out? The third thing we can do is stop fighting the culture war, and this is a big one. Christian influence on secular culture has been on a steady decline for the past half century in America, if not longer. Therefore, it's up to Christians to rescue our culture, prevent moral decay, and take our country back for God, right? Well, fear is a powerful motivator, especially in religious communities. And some media outlets, politicians, and yes, even preachers, will gleefully stoke the fear of a changing cultural landscape for their own benefit. But once you begin viewing the world through the lens of a culture war, anyone who doesn't think like you is perceived to be a threat and an enemy to your team. One of the things I love and I find endlessly frustrating about Jesus is that when he commands his followers, you and me, to love and bless their enemies and neighbors, he doesn't offer any exceptions or caveats. Jesus doesn't recruit soldiers to fight a cultural war for his glory. He desires 
lovers, lovers of God and lovers of neighbor. The culture war mindset creates an unnecessary hurdle to the gospel because it presupposes one must adopt a specific political ideology or denominational belief in order to be a true Christian. Listen, he wants you to serve the poor and love your enemies and love God with everything you got and love your neighbor while talking about Jesus. There's more to it than that, of course, but it's a great starting point. And the fourth thing we can do when talking about Jesus and not sound like a jerk is realize that introverts can be Christians too. Now, I am an extrovert. Beth, my wife, is an introvert. And we have talked about this, and a lot of modern churches' religious activities and worship gatherings are geared toward meeting the needs of us extroverts. And if we're not careful, we can subtly or not so subtly paint the picture that an authentic Jesus follower is relentlessly optimistic, tirelessly energetic, emotionally expressive, and magnetically sociable. In other words, a pure nightmare for introverts. Portraying Christianity solely as a social club of unbridled enthusiasm can be extremely off-putting for those who are easily overwhelmed and prefer thoughtful contemplation to expressive displays of religious affection. And these expectations not only negatively impact introverts, I've got friends who bravely struggle with clinical depression who thought they were outside the will of God because of their emotional state. A person's relationship with God is not dependent on their brain chemistry or the strength of their feelings at a specific moment in time. Now, to be sure, Christianity does need extroverts. We need the energy, charismatic personalities, and daring vulnerability. We need them to teach us how to welcome strangers, take risks, and inspire others. But we also need introverts. We need their gentle disposition, thoughtful intellect, and great passions. We need them to show us how to find God in the stillness, listen instead of talk, and respond instead of react. Remember, God rarely chose the most attractive, talented, outgoing, articulate, or intelligent person. He doesn't seem too impressed with celebrity, money, or power. And I think that's pretty cool. It's also good news for those who feel exhausted at the mere thought of a party. The ultimate aim of a Christian is to orient your life around Jesus in such a way that it points other people to him, much like John the Baptist. The distance between Jesus and another person has nothing to do with politics, morality, religion, or demographics, and I think this is why Jesus spent so much time with people outside the accepted religious circles of his day. Any conversation, interaction, or act of service that points people toward Jesus is a win for the kingdom of God. But we do have to take the risk and start somewhere, and I think Paul gives us a good place to start when he writes, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, you know, if you've been listening for a while, you know that's my favorite Bible verse, so much so that I end each episode of the podcast with a version of it. It's Philippians 4.8, and it was the motto of my alma mater, Lambeth College, which is now the University of Memphis at Lambeth in Jackson, Tennessee. I have always thought this verse speaks to the mindset we are to have as a result of our faith in Jesus Christ, but 
It doesn't automatically happen. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't need to remind us to think about these things. The truth is that some days everything seems wrong and everywhere I go appears dismal. I notice the dirt on the floor, smudges on the window panes, a new gray hair when I look in the mirror, and an endless list of stressors. While driving, traffic lights take too long to change, drivers are aggressive, and I got to avoid those nasty potholes. When I meditate on today's scripture verse on Philippians 4.8, I realize that the real problem may be my focus. If I focus on what's wrong, that's what I'm going to see. But if I focus on what is lovely, pure, and just, that's what I'm going to find, and that's what I'll see. The world is full of both good and bad, no doubt about it. And God tells us to meditate on and fill our hearts and minds with the good. In this way, we can exhibit the peace that draws others to Christ. When we change our focus, we are sure to find God in every part of creation. When I notice the amazing aroma of coffee in the morning, the bird song outside my window, or the stunning colors of a sunrise, my problems fade into the background. When my day is interrupted, I can pause to enjoy a few deep breaths and remind myself of my blessings. May we focus on what is lovely, pure, and just as we observe the world around us today. And that brings us to the end of this first episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast from our new home in Tennessee and the beginning of our fourth year. Our fourth year is underway. Thank you so much for the gift of your time. I hope today's episode was beneficial to you. I'm Jerry Wicker. See you next week. And as always, thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings Podcast. Grace, peace, cheers. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. Yeah.